0: Entrepreneurship is great, but can also seem overwhelming. Wouldn't you like to know the pros, opportunities, and problems with different business and investment strategies before you jump in? Well then, welcome to Entrepreneurship Exposed. Ooh, how I missed that music, man. It gets me so hype. I'm so excited. We Listen, for some of y'all, this is probably the first episode you're hearing for the new year. And for me, I'm back from my little break. I had to take a couple weeks off. But we are starting the year off with a bang because we have the heart songs on the episode today. So welcome back to Entrepreneurship Exposed with your guy, B's, where we talk about everything related to entrepreneurship. All the strategies out there that you have heard about or maybe didn't hear about with a twist of business acquisitions. Let's go. The heartzogs, my guys, my, my guy and girl, my people. <laughs> <laughs> going on, you, thank you for having you us. Did. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on here. It's great to finally get this conversation going with y'all. To introduce yourself. Tell the people a little bit more about you guys.
1: Okay, so my name is Janoka. I'm Anthony. And, uh, we reside in Dallas, Texas, but we're from Brooklyn, New York. We've been living in Dallas now for the past, close to seven years. Uh, we have a baby girl that's almost 11 months. Mm. We, most I'll people.
2: Before we even go, what? we're going to give you our inside scoop. She just started walking today. <laughs> <laughs> not on social media. The family <laughs> didn't even, didn't even hear about it yet. She just started walking today Literally. <laughs> seven steps and yeah. then fell.
1: So. <laughs> I am, I'm a mental health therapist and I'm licensed in um, New York and
2: in Texas. And I still work my nine to five. Uh, I was a director at an IT firm. Um, I was there for nine and a half years, recently retired, left my job about a year ago. So now full-time entrepreneur for the past year. Mm-hmm. And we
1: paid off $114,000 of debt in 23 months. And we did that by side hustling and starting our cleaning business that most people know us for now. Uh, we have a cleaning business, a seven-figure cleaning business down here in Dallas, Texas, where Ooh. we don't clean any homes. And we teach students, our students to do the same, how to own their cleaning business without cleaning any homes.
0: Ooh, they, don't me, uh, just uh, brush over that. You, <laughs> you got rid of how much in debt and how much time? Over 114,000 in 23 months. <laughs> this was literally on our fridge, yeah, yeah and I in our room while we were trying to pay it off. So, yeah, let's go. That's what I'm yeah, talking that was about. about it. back there, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like so. I was just talking to my students right before this, and we were talking about vision boards and visualizing mm-hmm. the things that you want to do for the year, setting your goals, and then how do you actually achieve it. But you know what I'm going to start telling them? After you achieve it, put up a, a plaque <laughs> saying that you achieved it, and you could always remember. So you yeah, know what you, we, where you came
1: from. You know what you did. It's funny because we took Christmas pictures that year with the dog, and we had that sign right in the Christmas picture. So that's what <laughs> we used. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: love I love it. So we, we got to take a step back because there's a, a bunch of things that you said that I, in my mind I was like, oh, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. Talk about that. <laughs> First and foremost, yeah, to the audience, if you heard what Aunt said, Their daughter just started walking, (laughs) took some steps, and fell. If that ain't the summary of entrepreneurship, (laughs) you see what I'm saying? Because I promise you she's going to try again tomorrow. Mm We're going to fall. It, It may hurt, but we get back up again and we keep going. And that's that's. I definitely crazy. made a video about that too. I was like, this, I literally just said for what real. you said. I made a video about it. <laughs> that's the entrepreneur mindset. It's like, oh, for real right there. Let's go. Well, that's what's up. Congratulations to y'all. I got uh, four, five actually. My my bonus child too. That's my, my my baby girl as well. Uh, so I know how it is as a parent, as an entrepreneur. Uh, y'all are going through it as an infant. Is it your first? Yeah, that's yeah, so our first. Oh, man. It's my condolences <laughs> then, because, you know, your, your sleep is dead, right? So. <laughs> well, now, I mean, she's
1: been a pretty good sleeper since we brought her home, and then consistently since about six months, she does, like, 12 hours, so 7 oh. p.m. to 7 a.m., so. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're pretty
2: good on that, yeah. Just, just like on the that business side, uh, people kind of, people tell you, they kind of put their fears on you, so mm. when you said the sleep thing, we mm. got that so much, but- when she first soon she came home, people say it's too early the sleep training, it was too early. We were literally trying to get her in a mindset that probably <laughs> way too old. early, <laughs> <laughs> but she got into that habit really early, and yeah.
1: we didn't have four month, four hour spans and so on yeah. and so forth. So, yeah, we've been pretty lucky with her I sleep. It. I mm-hmm. love it.
0: That's what's <laughs> up. So here's here's a couple of other things we, we gotta touch on, and we'll go quick on this one, but Brooklyn in the house, baby. Let's go. Right? So, you know. <laughs> so I was born and raised in Jamaica, but then I moved to Brooklyn um, in middle school. I went to South Shore High School. I, I, I'm you went yeah, to I'm South a, Shore? We
1: are from yeah. Denwood Projects, right across the street from... Really?
0: Right across the street, walking distance. I grew street. up in, in... I was in the 80s, off 81st, and then I moved more towards the Junction by um, uh, Nostrand and Flatbush. Yeah, Bay yeah, and yeah. Whatnot. I used to work in... We was, at, in, I don't we we was in the, the 50s. Day. Say are you in the 50s? Oh, I was always yeah. in oh, we're gonna start a whole conversation. <laughs> it's
1: It's the 80s, and then there's Ralph Avew, and then it turns right into the 50s. The 50s. Like right yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, mm-hmm. oh damn, you know my people. Well, I don't know your age. You might maybe I'm I, I'm assuming I'm older, so maybe you don't know my people. <laughs> anyway, that's a different conversation we gotta have. But book, <laughs> yeah. let's go. <laughs> I love seeing, I'm gonna be honest here. You know, growing up for me, there's a lot of people that didn't make it. A lot of people that didn't make it in terms of their life. A lot of people who were locked up. A lot of people who, they made it. They're alive. They're not locked up, but they never made it out of Brooklyn either. They mm-hmm. didn't even go get a, a driver's license because they figured most people, eh, I ain't driving. I'll just take public transportation. Mm-hmm. That felt to me, I loved Brooklyn. I loved Brooklyn. Brooklyn ain't the same as it used to when I grew up. But it felt like a, a, a trap. I felt that people, some people at the time weren't being progressive to try to achieve more. Right. And I, I like to equate that to entrepreneurship because one of my principles of success is that you have to leave some people behind. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that that's similar to when people say surround yourself with the right people, surround yourself with the five millionaires, you might become the six. I say you have to actively also kick some people out of your life. You may still love them, but they're not on your day-to-day because you're not on the same journey and they're they're trying to use their mindset to c- put constraints on top of you. Right. Mm-hmm. So how did that work for you growing up in Brooklyn? You know, it's a hustle mentality for sure, but then taking it to that next level and, you know, saying, Hey, I'm am I'm, we're getting out of here. Uh, we're going to want to do some different things, some big things, and then taking the full plunge into entrepreneurship. How did you make that transition? So really the reason that we left Brooklyn was because of his job.
1: Um, when we moved down here about seven years ago, it was really because of his job and I didn't want to move. Um, I was one of those people that would be in Brooklyn until I die. <laughs> or even if I wasn't in Brooklyn, I'll be in the tri-state area, right? I'll be in mm-hmm. Long Island, New Jersey, Connecticut, something, not in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first it was kind of friction for us to make that decision to come down. Mm-hmm. But it has been the best decision for us across the board. Like we would not be where we are if we didn't leave New York. Basically, yeah. and we know and understand that um, just for, you know, we were newlyweds down here in Dallas. We didn't have anybody. So we just had each other. And that hustle really, you know, the hustle of New York, we brought it to Texas <laughs> mm-hmm. and being able to do everything together. That grind. That's what made us who we are today or helped us to be where we are today. I
2: love yeah. That leaving, part. leaving, leaving New York City, it, it forced us to mm-hmm. we didn't have to leave anyone behind per se, but. Mm-hmm we we did leave everyone behind essentially by yeah, moving <laughs> it was literally just us so we had to figure things out and it also slowed us down too because you know in, in big cities like new york you're always moving you always try to figure out the next thing but in dallas it was like things are slower we have more time we got more even energy just to think about anything else mm-hmm. outside of just survival so yeah. instead of thinking about how to survive we're like all right how can we thrive in this new
0: environment Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. I like that. It's we did not just surviving, we thrive in. That's important. So so how did you, now listen, I know quite a few people, believe it or not, and it's only happened in the last maybe five years. I know quite a few people who own cleaning businesses. Mm-hmm. And I would have never thought of that before, before having exposure to them. But there's only a few that I know personally that have scaled to seven figures in the cleaning business. Mm-hmm. What was the difference maker for you guys to get to that, that level? Because making six figures is a different mindset from making seven figures. Mm-hmm. So how did you get to that level? What was the breakthrough for you to get to seven figures in your cleaning business? Uh,
1: I would say really for us, you know, having each other is a different game with you working by yourself, right? So us Ooh. having the accountability, us going based off of our strengths and weaknesses and being able to bounce our ideas off of each other. That's helpful for us, but also the consistency. That we had the cleaning business was our first business ever, so um, it's going to be six years old in November. But it was our first business ever. We didn't know what we were doing when we started, but we were determined to make it work. Right, eight months in, we were like, "Should we continue to do this?" And he was like, "Let's just make it last. Let's just go at least a year to see." Mm-hmm. And after that eight month, like the ninth month, was our biggest month yet. So the consistency in it and us be feeling like. I think once we paid off the debt, we were like, we probably can tackle anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So why would we
2: give up on this so quickly, so easily? So And then we started the business with the mindset to scale it anyway because we weren't cleaning. And a lot of people, when they start, Whatever business they're going to do, not even just cleaning businesses, businesses they're starting is like, I'm going to do it until I figure it out. I'm going to actually do the labor. I'm going to do the work. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to scale yourself out of doing the work. Mm. You get to the point where you're like, I'm really good at this. Nobody could do it as good as me. But mm. when we started the business, we weren't cleaning houses. We still aren't cleaning houses. So we didn't have that problem with saying that, oh, no one could do it as good as me. No one can manage the business as well as me. Because we started with the mindset, like, we're not going to do this work. We're going to focus on the business side of it. So yeah. that even gave us a different level of the uh, ability just to just mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: That to that That's a very impactful statement, right? That's the thing that not, I mean, it's part of what I preach all the time. Uh, our community, the black community, unfortunately, is more prone to, yeah, nobody could do it as good as me. So I'm doing it. It's, it's only me. It's me, mm-hmm. right? And that's not a business. That's self-employed. Right. Mm-hmm. And breaking that mindset is critical. I mean, especially in a, from a Jamaican perspective, my, a Jamaican culture, Caribbean culture in general, you know, certain things that are put on top of us are limiting beliefs like uh, credit's bad. Debt is bad. Uh, you have to. It's a funny thing. You have to work hard to be successful. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, yeah, but B, that's a, that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, not yeah. really. There's a little thing be- behind that that can really affect you for all of your life if you ever heard the joke, y'all are from Brooklyn, so you probably know a lot of Jamaican people too, but there's a, always a joke that Jamaicans have a lot of jobs, right? West yeah, Indians have a lot of jobs, yeah. Years, yeah. <laughs> job, right? And it's actually a, a kind of true, because Ooh, I, yeah. had, <laughs> <laughs> I got family members that had like three, four, five jobs at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they were still working, check to check. They were still broke. So, working harder is not necessarily the 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 Path to success, to to wealth or anything like that. You got to work smarter. The the ultra wealthy work with their minds rather than their hands, mm-hmm. right? And you guys, you found. Yeah, I'm super amazed that y'all because you know how many businesses I failed in before. because <laughs> You just told me that it was our first business, and we were like, oh, <laughs> oh, there is, there is, just nothing. I'm like, damn. <laughs>
1: yeah, it? yeah, it was. It was our first business. I think because like you said, because we're not actually doing it, it makes a difference for us. Right. Yes. So then we'll work on the business instead of in the business. It's two, Ooh. two different things. And that is what has helped us to scale. Cause we still had our nine to fives. Right. We still okay. had that. We still were side hustling and running this business. So mm-hmm. there was no way, well, I wasn't signing up to run mm-hmm. to own a <laughs> with me cleaning. Yeah. Cause I couldn't even imagine fitting that into a schedule.
0: Mm. And, and if I remember correctly, you were inspired by a session of side hustle nation with Chris mm-hmm. Schwab on starting a cleaning business. That's where you first heard of that particular strategy to get into. Yeah. So I literally hit him up on like Facebook.
2: This is 2016, 2017. Mm. And I was just like, can I just get a little bit of information? And it was enough to just intrigue me, but it wasn't enough to kind of go in, like learn everything. So it was enough to know, like, all right, I know this is possible. Now it's up to me to put the pieces in place to make it happen. So that was mm. like the first introduction into something like this, where because even of the even when most people, even we were just with our students the other night, actually last night, and they said, I never knew that you were start a business without actually knowing the ins and outs of what the <laughs> task is. And my CEO and my nine to five, I always say this. He ran. One of the most successful IT firms for hedge funds and private equities, and he didn't even know how to turn his computer on, how to do any of that stuff. He hired people who were good at the task. I mean, my <laughs> you CEO know, in New York City—he was, one of, like I said, one of the best, uh, one of the best tech companies in yeah. the, the space, but he doesn't know anything about technology. But if you think about that, in almost all of our nine-to-fives or businesses, the CEOs
1: probably don't know half of what we do or what what we're capable of, right? And with with the cleaning business, it's not like it's a new um, strategy because it's ran simply the same way that Uber, Lyft, and Airbnb runs Mm -hmm. their business, right? Uber doesn't own any cars. Airbnb doesn't own any homes. We don't own any cleaning supplies. It's literally the same <laughs> strategy, but just in a different business, which can be used in multiple businesses. A barbershop nail it can be used anywhere, anyway, yes. you know, a lot of places. So,
0: yes, yeah. So I'm cheesing ear to ear for a bunch of reasons, right? <laughs> uh, we can't talk about them all on here because it's just going to be like friends chatting, and you know, not going to be helpful for our audience. But Ed's say, been saying some things that I've been like trying to not get into. Like, for example, Ant was in IT. That's my whole career. I was an IT strategy management consultant, uh, worked for Microsoft, worked for Accenture. Uh, Technology has been my background for all my life, right? So that's a whole other thing. Now you were also in a firm that uh, dealt with private equity within that industry. And you know I'm all about the acquisitions and how I do acquisitions. Then Janilka mentioned something about, yeah, we can't work in the business. We got to work on the business. And that's where I preach because let me enhance your thought on that a little bit. That concept comes from Rich Dad Poor Dad, not only from it, but it was popularized by Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. In that book, he has the cash flow quadrant. In the cash flow quadrant, we talk about people start in E and they're working Mm -hmm. in the business, they're an employee. Mm -hmm. Then they say those words, "Ah, I want to work for myself. I'm tired of this. And Mm -hmm. they go down to self-employed, but they stay there too long because they're still working in the business and trading time for money. And they don't realize they need to go over to the next quadrant, which is B, business owner. Now you're working on the business. Now you're not trading your time for money. You're trading results for money, right? And this is where you want to be because now you have people working for you. You're just staring the ship rather than you know pulling the sales and everything you're just uh directing it but there's a better quadrant (laughs) the last quadrant is i the investor investor now we ain't working on the business either definitely not in now we're working above the business i'm not concerned with the day to day product that is being produced by the business my product that i'm looking at as investor is the business The business is a product. I'm looking at how I can buy that product and sell that product. And you guys are already doing those things without even focusing on on mergers and acquisitions. You're already talking about, yeah, well, we know we're not going to work in it. So I want to work above the business. We know uh, our our goal of where we want to get with it. I haven't heard if you said you want to have an exit or anything yet, but I think I've seen something online where y'all were alluding to the potential of selling a business later on. Right. So you are on path to the investor quadrant. Will you make that jump to start acquiring businesses?
1: So we have considered that a lot because uh, with our students, a lot of people think that with the business, that it's a franchise, that when we were selling the course, they're thinking that we have some. You know, stocks or investments in it, and we're like, well, we should. <laughs> so um, we're not at that point at this moment, but it is something that we've kind of thought through of how we can do that um, in regards to investing in other businesses in some shape or form, even if we're
2: buying it or we're getting a percentage, or you know what that may look like. And even on a low level scale, one of our competitors ended up working with us. And she had to move out of Dallas, and we just literally bought her client list essentially. Mm-hmm. And then we own a virtual assistant business, and they were like, "Listen, we're gonna close the doors now." And we ended up buying that business, but it wasn't obviously business build the bees level, but it was just like no, no, we use these services already. Let's buy them, or let's buy their client list. Um, and that's the two times where we said we've. We've uh, purchased a client list or so we purchased uh, another, another business. business. Yeah. And even our virtual assistant business is like, all right, we grew it to where it's doing, where it was doing pretty decent last year. It's like, all right, what is our end goal with this? Do we want to end up selling it? Um, yeah. So those are just some thoughts with that. So we've I done it twice that. on a lower level.
0: I love that. Don't even call it lower level. They give it the power that it deserves. That is huge because most people don't think about that. Right. And when people say, I want to scale my business, a lot of people will come to me is like, Oh, how do you scale? And obviously I'm going to talk to them about process systems and people and things like that. But the, the way that wealth, the wealthy scale their business is by buying others. Mm-hmm. You want to build up a marketing team? Why build one? You buy a marketing company, roll it into your existing company, or you want to uh, acquire vertical or horizontal integration. You're buying things related to your current business. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I might as well go to the, the gift that I said I have for y'all. Can y'all put up one of the gifts that I got for them? This is a janitorial supply business that's related to what you guys do, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw it for 950K. And when all is said and done, their profit is around 350K. It comes with 250K inventory that you could, uh, that's included in that 950 price. It's in Texas, it's 39 years old, right? Wow, so, so now it has good history. If you were to buy the entity itself, you'd be doing a stock purchase. Now you'd get their business credit too. And, oh, it doesn't, what's, oh, we didn't put the top line revenue on this one, my bad. Okay, well, let's show the next one. <laughs> <laughs> here's a second one for you. I had a little lower end one and a higher end one because I wanted to show y'all and I'm, as a gift, I'm gonna give you this as guests on the show. I'll give you these two. You gotta do it yourself. You can execute on your own but I'm gonna point <laughs> you in the right, in the right path. Um, so this one is a post construction cleaning business asking 3.7. One thing that the team did not add in there is that real estate comes with it and the real estate's included in that price. The profit after their top line revenue, the amount that they're keeping is 1.248. Established in 1998, also in Texas, close by y'all, comes with inventory and furniture and fixtures, equipment, furniture, fixtures, and equipment. That's the FFNEUC That's included in that asking price, plus the real estate that's included in the asking price. So I just showed y'all, you can take it down now, team, but I just showed you two businesses related- to your current industry, wouldn't you want to acquire something like that and scale your current business immediately? Because when you acquire a business, you're acquiring cash flow. You're just acquiring the additional cash flow that they have. Comes with their customer lists, like you already acquired from someone before. Mm-hmm. Comes with their brand, their history. It comes with tax returns and everything. If you wanted to do acquire the um, the entity and keep their business credit and such. How do you feel when you see something like this? I mean, that's exciting.
1: Generally, we don't, it's so funny because with the cleaning business, the way that we run it, you know, we have an operations manager in place. And right now we've just spent like an hour in it. So it's kind of like, we're not as connected, but we said this year we want to be, we have to figure out like, how do we take it to another level? Cause we know right. that we can, we are coasting with it basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, it's giving us what, it, what we need. We're not putting much time into it, but it, the revenue is fine for us it's fine we're coasting with it but we're like we need to go further so i mean that's exciting you're gonna have him at the site tomorrow though I know yeah i'm like yo you see i'm still trying to look at the him screen to see if it like tomorrow you know, i
2: know how he bro but no that's that, i think that's yeah. that's a mindset shift that yeah you have to have and you have to have someone show you something yeah so that you could be, exp- we're doing a cleaning business or just expose in entrepreneurship. You gotta be exposed mm-hmm. to another level of thinking right. when mm-hmm. it comes to just everything. So you're talking about acquisition, you're talking about buying businesses. You th- when we bought our those businesses, it's like oh well, we're taking a jump, we're taking a risk. Yeah. But now you're like, all right, we understand business and at least the the, the general understanding of business. We understand how cash flow works. Now you're buying in an, an empire that's been around for thirty nine years. Yeah. Yes, sir. So it just. Now you can't unsee it. Essentially, yeah, exactly. And, and you know what you just
0: said? You said that when you were doing it the first time, you're like, "Oh, it's a risk." Well, starting your business is a bigger risk than buying one, because mm-hmm. when you buy one, it comes uh, with a proven system. It comes right, with established. Cash flow. Most businesses are gone. That when they start up, they're gone in five years. So now mm-hmm. you acquire one that's what? How old were the two I just showed you? Thirty plus years, etc. Mm-hmm. Right? It might
1: have been my age.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and they've gone through a couple of recessions already they survived it now you got their sauce on how they survived it too what did they do you can improve your current operations in your business because you rolled this one into the existing business were they Just, in uh, dallas oh yeah Okay, <laughs> I'm like Texas is big. I want to is a huge state. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. no. I, we purposely did it in um, Dallas. I, so, okay. I, okay. <laughs> yeah, just because. That's very I told you. Very
1: nice surprise. I told you. Like you a <laughs> That's
0: a great surprise. For sure, for sure. And one of the reasons I could do this is because there's so many businesses for sale, that most people don't know or believe that they can do it themselves and acquire a business. So, I mean, millions for sale. And especially right now, baby boomers retiring and they all going to shut down their businesses too. Right. Mm-hmm. So y- there's so many that it's, I, I can't acquire them all, although I would love to try, but I can't. So, Hey, I give my friends some, uh, uh, things related to their current industry. <laughs> no, I appreciate yeah, that's that. amazing. We're for going to need sure. details. No, we go, We going to get into it. We're going to get into it. <laughs> but let's go back to you now. Let's go back to, well, actually it's probably time we go into pop. It's time for us to pop what it really means in the cleaning business, especially to get to seven figures. So now we want to talk about what are the pros of getting into the cleaning industry? What are the opportunities that are exi- that already exist or are coming out that why you want to get into it quickly? And what are the problems? Most importantly, what are the problems? So jump in and let me know.
2: I'll start with the pros and opportunities. Well, one of the opportunities you just said it was, you know, boomers are like, I don't want to do this anymore. Opportunities are like I'm they're retiring they're at that age. A lot of people were, I think the numbers were crazy, especially the last two or three years. A lot of people are retiring mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't want to run these businesses anymore. Life is short. COVID happened. People are dying. Like I don't want to run these businesses anymore. And then more mm-hmm. importantly, their kids don't want to run these businesses yep. which is what I fear for, yep. but it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are retiring from these industries and then a lot of them don't have online presences. They don't have technology in their business. They don't have mm-hmm. the ability to book them online. They don't have the ability to pay online. So they don't have the ability for you to even find them online. So coming in and that's how we kind of got into this industry where it's like, we're bringing a digital footprint. We're mm. bringing social media. We're bringing, we're bringing online mapping. We're bringing things, SEO, so that these uh, mom and pop shops don't really know about. So if we work with you know people who are just like, I just work over word of mouth. If we could get you more business and grow our business at the same time, they're like, shoot, why not? I don't have to worry about the customer service. I can mm. just do what I'm really good at, which is cleaning. And we could focus on the customer acquisition. We could focus on the marketing. We could be focusing on everything that they hate doing. So I would say those are some of the pros and opportunities. Um, also it's a low-cost startup. That's a big pro.
1: Um, Mm. we tell our students to have fifteen hundred dollars to start it up. That's including getting your LLC, putting money in the business account. So very Mm. low cost startup, website, all of that logo is in that fifteen hundred dollars. And we have students like, well, I only started with a thousand. And it's not like you're even giving it all in one shot either. Mm. It's also a business that's gonna always be needed. So um Mm -hmm. service-based businesses are going to always be needed, Mm -hmm. right? There's Mm -hmm. always going to be somebody that needs to mow their lawn, always going to be somebody that needs a cleaning. So I think it stands the test of time that it will be there, you know, regardless of what happened. Even with COVID, things kind of slowed down, but it didn't stop completely. The Mm -hmm. business still ran. So Mm -hmm. um,
2: those are the pros and opportunities. And then also there was just this article about McDonald's fully automating one of their locations. And you never thought you'd see something where you could just automate a restaurant. But you can't automate a house cleaner. <laughs> unless like, you're like Jetsons. <laughs> the <laughs> vacuum going, the circle the, or the roll,
1: vacuum. The robot. Oh, the rumors. That's not. <laughs> that's not your
2: your fridge. that's no, not, it's not. So, unless you got a robot literally coming in your house like the Jetsons <laughs> and, and wiping these things down, you can't. There's not something you can automate. Yeah.
0: So I, I said earlier that I, I think I'm older than y'all, but Ant just showed his age talking about the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe not. I know you know Flintstones, too. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it. Um, and then the last thing is problems. Our biggest thing that we talk about with problems is people.
2: Always. And I think that's the
1: problem in any business, but, uh, finding good people, we work with contractors. We don't necessarily have employees. So we were contractors, um, and finding good people can be a task. Like we can find people that are clean, but do you find people that's professional that's showing up on time has the right supply, you know, all these other things. So, we always tell people the biggest issue in the or the hardest part of the business is finding good people. Uh, mm-hmm. Finding the clients are easy. There's millions of people in Dallas. So you're gonna find the clients. Even there's millions of people in Dallas and maybe a hundred cleaning businesses, right? So mm-hmm. that's not an issue. But the people, when it comes to the contractors, that can be very difficult and time consuming and draining, to be honest.
2: Even at my my nine to five, that was our biggest challenge was finding mm-hmm. people. We gave. We gave excellent salaries. We moved into the best office. We gave mm-hmm. free supplies, free lunch, free this, free that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, finding people was the biggest challenge. We were to spending hours and hours and hours, weeks after weeks. Just interviewing people all the time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not just, it's just, I think any industry, that's one of the hardest parts, so no matter wow. how good the, the business yeah. may be. If you, yeah. I mean, some people just look at your coworkers. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. bad people
0: there. <laughs> and, and it's true. And like you said, it's not just finding people, but finding good people. Yeah. Right? You yeah, yeah, can find right. people. But. I don't know people on the street, but right. yeah, I mean, you don't want to work <laughs> with them. Yeah. Exactly. So, you guys have mastered, um, the middleman approach, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, I preach that to so many people that you don't always have to be, you know, create something from scratch. Like, oh, I had a genius idea that I'm gonna patent or something like that. That's not the only way to get into business. Just knowing, okay, well, I already, for example, I had a, a, a supply chain company, um, which I don't have anymore, already uh, shut down, but that company we were based in China and all I was doing was partnering with different suppliers and different freight forwarders and all types of stuff in order to then have a complete solution for people who are in in e-commerce, right. And how they're ordering from China and stuff like that. I did not have much staff yet. We were doing, you know, just about eight figures on it. You know what I mean? It's crazy how, uh, the middleman economy the middleman approach is powerful I, a friend of mine a lot of friends of mine do it in healthcare, home health care yeah they're, they're not doing it they're not going out and doing you know anything with the patients but they just hire the nurses and go out to different people's homes right where else government contracting one of my good friends he does he talks all he teaches all about uh, government contracting and all he's doing is getting the contracts and then finding a subcontractor to, to handle the work mm-hmm. and he's just collecting the money in between Mm-hmm. so explain more about that middleman approach and what are the pros and cons around that for you too
2: yeah we're in a middleman economy even if you just think about like Janoka said like the turos the airbnbs the Lyfts, mm-hmm. amazon even though they have warehouses a lot of their warehouses house other people's products people's other people's product. services so amazon is just the platform you got mm-hmm. the person who has the product or, or manufactured the product and you have the end consumer and Amazon mm-hmm. just matches the two. Airbnb, like you mentioned, they match the two. Lyft, Uber, they match the two. We do like Toro, that's a big one right now. People are into like renting their cars out. Mm-hmm. So all they do is just match the two Toro's the platform. There's a person who needs a car, there's a person who has a car, and Toro matches the two. Mm-hmm. Literally, uh, middle, uh, my friend Andre Hatchett says, middleman, your way to millions. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we like, listen, if we can do that, that's what we gonna continue to do. Yeah, I don't know
1: <laughs> if there's been any cons to it. Um... I think sometimes
2: you want to,
1: t- I think oh, well, sometimes if you feel like you want to have more control, ultimate control. Yeah. You mm-hmm. want to have more control. We tell, you know, people that if you're one that you need to have people wearing your merchandise, you need to know exactly how they're cleaning or exactly how they're doing something, then you need to have employees. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you want that more control and sometimes a more special touch when it comes to clients, you know, that contractors really can't provide, then then that can be that can definitely be a con.
2: Yeah. But like if I want people showing up with my my shirt. bees hat, like right. they can't they can't do that. I can't right. have my cleaners showing up in bees's merchandise right. at a client's home because they work as they work as their own independent businesses. So right. they if they decide they want to wear their own stuff, they can most of them don't, they kind of choose not to, but if they wanted to, they absolutely could. So yeah. you want to have people wear like our cleaning business colors are like blue and white. No one ever says, Oh my God, your business website is so beautiful. Let me, you got to wear blue and white to my house. But if I wanted everyone to wear blue and white and give out cards while they're there and leave scents and, and towels, whatever it may be, yeah. that's yeah. what, and it's also like white labeling versus like having your own product type of thing. It's like, yes. you, know, yes. you can't, you can't like label it the way you really want to. Sometimes true that. So, so I didn't realize that on, we try to focus on the customer service, the mm. online branding, the presence, so that hopefully that stuff trickles down to the end user yeah. experience, and then also the after service follow up and,
0: and stuff like that. True, true, true. So I, I didn't realize that because so you basically what you guys have done is created a platform where independent contractors that are cleaners can, Oh, you're looking for cleaning work. Well, we Mm -hmm. got clients, we got the work ready for you and you're coming through our platform. And then for the client side, it's like, Oh, you need some cleaners. Yeah, we got cleaners, but we're not even telling you that, Oh, it's from independent contractors. Mm -hmm. just, you know, the middleman thing. I thought it was more your actual employees that you had, that you were sending out and not doing any work because you don't have to, but they go and they're doing it all for you. But I love the approach that you got right there. You don't even have the overhead of um, W2 employees for that, too. So yeah. that, that's powerful, too. Can you explain how you got to that aspect rather than having the employees and just, you know, sending them out to clean?
1: Um, I think with just doing the research when we're starting out, this is why I ha- when we say it was our first business is important because we really didn't know much. Right. So we did some research and we saw that it's possible with this, you know, with having them sign a contract and things like that, that mm-hmm. has the stipulations that they are a contractor and almost all of our contractors have their own LLCs. They have their own clients, they have their own businesses Mm -hmm. and whenever they want extra income, they'll pop in, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So we get enough of them that they pop in enough for them to kind of take the clients that we have coming on and clients generally don't ask. I mean, very few ask. Oh, are you working? are, Are these contractors? And we will say yes. And it's up to them, but that's not a question that we get
2: often. So and another pro is that they already have they're already established cleaners so right. we don't got to worry about finding people training them learning the business like, no. no i already have my business i already have my clients i do really good at this so when we find people we try to find their online reviews we try to find out all right how long you've been cleaning what's your experience how many clients you have so that we know you're you're an established cleaner versus someone that just cleaned a few houses here and there mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. the best part about it is like they already are been doing this for five ten years like I just need more work.
0: And I'm assuming in your contracts, you have like non-circumvent clauses. So they can't Mm -hmm. try to go around and just book directly with the person or anything like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, like we've, we found it, we found two people who did it, but it's like, all right, you're going to go out your way to, to, to get this one client where we're giving you 20 or 30 a week. If mm-hmm. we find out, that's literally it. We can't trust you. We can't work with you. Yeah, so you want to take the risk, and we tell them up front, listen, you want to take the risk and steal that one or five clients, by all means. But when we find out, that's the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. One of our top cleaners, she did like 150000 150, like last year. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, you want to steal one to ten mm-hmm. clients? Go ahead. But mm-hmm. now you're missing out on all this additional income because mm-hmm. you decide to kind of cut us off.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, so you – talk about the the industry itself in terms of pros opportunities uh, and problems but what about the problems of going from 6 to 7 figures like what problems did you face when it's st- when you really started to scale if any cuz y'all have y'all have a great experience compared to me and my first mm, business bro oh, right? no, <laughs> no. We, we,
2: like
1: we
0: were doing everything when we first started
1: sometimes with quality mm-hmm. was oh, something that the quality of you know, we were getting so much customers and not enough um, contractors. So we were giving them too many jobs and so their quality starts to slack. Wow. So then our reviews start to slack. You know what I mean? It's a trickle down effect, right? So yeah. quality is a very big thing, especially when you're servicing someone's home because social proof is everything. Mm-hmm. And, leaving a bad review can slow us down for the month, for the week, for the quarter, right? Mm. Depending on, you know, what you write. So that quality is something that we face when it, going from six to seven figures. And then only just last year, literally around this time around February, did we get an operations manager in place because uh, mm. our, our daughter was being born. Um, but other than that, we were doing everything. Like we had a virtual assistant company where they were answering the phones, but we were still speaking to all the contractors. If mm-hmm. there was an upset client, we were speaking to them. We were still in it and on it at the same time. Like since we weren't doing the actual cleaning, it doesn't feel like you're in it per se, but we were handing a lot of the admin work until we mm-hmm. finally gave it up just exactly
2: a year ago. We were on vacation, laying, literally laying in the bed, drinking champagne, having a good time. and a call comes in from a client or from my virtual assistant saying, Hey, this client's angry. Mm-hmm. And I don't do the customer service call because I'm like, Yo, here's your money. I'm going back to enjoy my vacation. Mm-hmm. And Janoka's sitting there, you know, on the phone with the client, explaining to them what happened. And even though the client could be wrong or even though the contractor could be wrong, we could have been in a clear 100%, it still puts a damper on your entire day. Mm-hmm. You are talk to an angry person, they're getting in your head, they may be mm-hmm. yelling at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are things that you got to deal with, especially when you're talking about scaling, because those come in more often, the more clients you have more likely, more mm-hmm. mistakes mm-hmm. are going to happen, more issues. Um, mm-hmm. so those are things that you got to deal with, especially as you're trying to scale. And then like Janoga said, we had to close down our bookings for a while because we had too many coming in. Mm-hmm. So we were mm-hmm. focused on growing, growing, growing and say, yo, we got to scale this back. Yeah. We got to focus on quality over quantity and mm-hmm. we got to figure this out, you know, week by week as we go along. So I know early on you want all the money, but we said it's not even worth the headache right now. Oh, absolutely.
0: Y'all are amazing because I'm telling you, a lot of things you're saying, most people don't learn this on their first go around. And- you know, every single word is 100% truth that you just said. Well, there, something that
1: we try to like live by and think of things by, especially with our business is does it fit into the life that we want to have? Right. So I know some people, they're like, well, it's a business. I need to get all the money. I need all the money. And I'm like, I'm not going to stress myself off all this money. Now, this may be because we still had our nine to fives and we have other businesses and we have other things happening. So we're not solely relying on this to pay the business or do whatever it may be. But the way that we run our life is, I don't want anything having me so stressed, so annoyed, that I can't enjoy life or that I must feel like this is the end all be all. Like I can put work in, but to an extent, the way
2: I want to put it in the way that it will fit my lifestyle is how we operate. And I don't think we ever use the words like, this is my baby. You hear that a lot of times. God, I I love y'all. We never said the cleaning business was our baby. We don't (laughs) even talk about it as much as we used to on social media because like we're more than just this business. So if Bees is like, yo, I got an offer for y'all. It's for this. We taking that money and doing something else. Like, here you go. Take this business. We doing something else with it. So I don't think we've been mm. five years in, about to be six. We're not, I don't think we're that attached to it where it's our baby. And knock on to wood, too, yeah. so. wood it, it's been a blessing to our lives, but we've never went in with that mindset. Like, we gotta keep
0: No, Now, that's up. so important. I'm telling you, y'all need to start acquiring businesses, right? Especially the strategy and how I do it because- you already have the mindset and that's the hardest part of it i'm, mm-hmm. I'm telling you the things that y'all are saying i'm like yes yes that's right, <laughs> <laughs> right. But When you say it's not my baby i had to make that change when i first got into the car rental game i'm not even going to say the turo game because turo was just one platform but in mm-hmm. car rentals we, you know we had a bunch of exotics and prior to that all my cars had names right people <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. right. like, name my name baby it. Like what do you mean you want to drive candy? Hell no, you ain't man. driving candy. That was my red G thirty five. My <laughs> my my blue uh, Hellcat was Smurfette, right? So G thirty five Infinity. Yeah, that's that was one of my dream cars.
2: It still is really? actually one of my dream Infinity. I yeah. love that car, man. The G thirty five. Yeah, I got I the that. I got the Q, but I because I couldn't. That was out of my range back then. But that was one of my uh, dream cars.
0: Man, but but that concept of stop treating these businesses like it's your baby is critical to being a successful business person because you have to be able to separate from it because the point of getting into a business is usually to have some sort of exit plan right mm-hmm. something <laughs> something whether you go sell whether you go ipo whether whatever it may be so you guys are perfect for acquisitions because the other thing with acquisitions is that uh, the investor mindset. I'm not trying to be the CEO of anything. You mm-hmm. see how y'all the CEO and you got those calls and you were like, uh oh, we we on vacation." Mm-hmm.
1: I don't mm-hmm. want
0: them calls. Don't mm-hmm. call me. <laughs> call the CEO, right? Because I'm gonna hire a CEO in place. Now, most people will say, hey, "Yeah, but if I just started my business, I don't have enough revenue to hire a CEO." That's why I don't start businesses anymore. I a, mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. money already to they hire a the CEO. <laughs> there, <already. laughs> you know, because like Janoka said. You have to know what you really want. Mm -hmm. And what's more important to me is not financial freedom. It's time freedom. Mm -hmm. I just use the the money that I make to help get to the time freedom. Exactly. But (laughs) but if you don't know that difference, then you may make decisions that's just towards getting more money rather than the ones that's going to help you. Just like y'all did where you said, I'm not ready to scale yet. We we can't take on that much people. Let's Mm -hmm. make sure our processes are right first so we could scale properly. That's powerful, man. Y'all don't, pat pat yourselves on the back. (laughs) I'm serious. You think I'm laughing? You think I'm joking? I'm dead serious. You guys don't realize because, you know, y'all talking to each other. So you Mm -hmm. just thought it's normal, but you don't realize how abnormal you are for a first time um, entrepreneurs and the mindset that you have that you learned already. Uh, yo, I, I look forward to what you guys are going to do. And that leads me to my next question. What is next for the Huxley?
1: We, we're we're in the middle of figuring out, we you know we have some rental properties and so we're looking to get some more. We have two, we're looking to get some more of those. Mm. And like I said, we're trying to figure out when we say go all in in the business, just really checking our P&Ls, like making sure our profit is good, making sure that we expand it you know how can we expand further than what it is really also trying to see how do we show up in a different way for our students right because right now we have a course which is a self-paced course and then we have a paid community that people can join and we go in there and speak right but then there's people that just want that interaction with us so does that mean we do the course and interaction with us for eight weeks you know so trying to figure that out how we better serve our community do we have in-person conversations with our community as as well because we haven't done that you know during covid and everything so those are just some things we're thinking
2: about business wise and then um, personal wise like our, like we said we got our daughter that's about to be 11 months about to be a year soon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like focusing on her making sure that you know we're there for her she had swimming lessons she got this lesson Music she class this, gymnastics so <laughs> making sure we're there and trying to be the best parents that we know we could be as well mm-hmm.
0: Shout out to y'all. I love it. And that that was my driving factor too. I left Microsoft literally because um, I was supposed to be traveling to go to a client for the week and the client wasn't going to be there. So I I asked them, you know, Hey, the client said, I don't even need to come. Is it okay if I just stay home? And they were like, nah, we prefer you out there. And I was like, but the client's not even going to be there. Now I can't even go to my son's basketball game. I got to beg you for time to spend with my kids. Nah, I'm done. Two weeks later, I was out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's powerful. It's powerful. Uh, We got to know what we truly want in life so that we can make sure that we take the steps to get to that. And, you know, I commend y'all for what y'all are doing and how you how you've gotten to where you are right now. Now, if I was was in the office today,
2: I would have missed her walking. I would have had to get a call. Oh, she just walked. Where's the video? Oh, we didn't have a video because you should have been here. <laughs>
0: so. yeah. I see somebody right here. Andre, he's part of my community right now. And he, uh, he said, trillion dollar round table convo happening right now. So it's, it's better, as good a time as any to mention my challenge. Right? I have a challenge out. It ain't no Tide Pod challenge or whatever challenges be on social media and stuff. My challenge is called the trillion dollar table challenge. Trillion dollar table challenge. By the end of this decade, plenty of time, that's seven years. It's not really that, not really plenty of time. It goes like that. But seven years time at the end of this decade, I want to sit in a room at a table with people that look like us and we have a trillion dollars AUM assets under management. Now here's the thing. Some people hear that and they're like a trillion dollars. Damn these, you got some big dreams. It's entirely possible. Right now, there's three main ways of creating wealth, real estate uh and uh, financial markets like your stocks, your forex, all of that, and owning a business, whether you buy or build them, right? Owning a business. Those are the three main ways of creating true wealth, like large type of wealth, generational type of wealth. I'm on a path to a billion dollars with a capital B, right? The acquisitions that I'm trying to do this year will get me closer to the hundred million mark. And then I got seven years to get to the billion. Will you be at that table with me? A trillion dollar table, both
1: of you. Oh, I'm like, are you talking to your audience or me? All right. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's the uh, you. Hope to be. I, I haven't. No hope. I, I haven't envisioned that yet. So I haven't like started to start that process to get See, there.
2: But I would say yes. This goes back to that. This goes back to that mindset shift now. You're like, mm. all right. We just came from a conference and the goal was a hundred billion dollars in the room, and it was like, wow, that was a mindset shift. Now you're talking about a trillion. This is all in less than a week. Yeah, we we right. just <laughs> adjusted to the first conversation we had. So uh-huh. Now we got to readjust. <laughs> and it's not, hey. that
1: it's not possible. But like he said, if you're not hearing or thinking about it, you're like, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I remember. I remember making ten thousand a month and thinking like, yo, I can't. I made it. I mm-hmm. can then I remember yeah. I remember when I got to like a hundred thousand a month and I was like, Oh, you can't tell me nothing. I was dancing, singing songs and all types of stuff. Then I had some friends talking about how they made a million dollars in a in a day. And I was mm. like, Well damn, what's going on here? And it's why changed. am I not
1: there? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah.
0: saying? Yeah. <laughs> and not even I don't even want it to seem like salty, like, why am I not there? No, no, no. Yeah, it's more like, okay, I didn't even think of that. was possible. That. Yeah, I yeah think exactly. About that. So now, okay, how I'm gonna do this too. Right. Yeah. And I, I'd never even considered the possibility of becoming a billionaire. I thought that's just, you know, they talk about the 1% and such. Right. But with business acquisitions, I found that that's the actual path to becoming a billionaire. Uh, mm-hmm. Even Warren Buffett, they said, he said in an interview last year, it, they asked him if you lost all of your money, what would you do to gain it back, all of your wealth? And he said, well, no question about it. I have to buy businesses. He, he even called me by name. He said, I'll do what Bees is doing. Now nah, I'm joking. He didn't say that part, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm doing what he's doing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm following the people that we that we know have achieved something that we want to achieve. That those should be who we try to learn from and emulate. And mm-hmm. um, you know that's where this challenge came from. And I ask every guest this because I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I think what you guys are doing, oh man, you just cracked the tip of the iceberg. I- I'm telling you, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's next for the Hard Sogs and where y'all gonna go because I'm so excited and proud. Y'all came from Brooklyn. You you know you stepped up your first foray into it and ended up with a million dollar business, mm-hmm. man. Y'all are inspiration to our community. Y'all are inspiration to to each other to your your daughter now, right? Uh, I think I I tell people that the most powerful conversation I have ever had in my life was last year. My oldest son went off to college, and my son said, "Dad, I found a sushi restaurant in." I'm not going to say what city is, in, but in in you know next to school, can we mm-hmm. acquire it? And I was like, well, I don't really like restaurants, but you know, are you saying you want to be the one that's in charge of it and you know, I help you to acquire it and you you'll be responsible? He's like, yeah, I could do it. You know, girls love sushi. That's clutch. And I was like, oh, I was like, listen man. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Two i said- words one stone. <laughs> exactly. I'm not I told mad. Him. I told him, listen, maybe that's not the right reason, but this is a powerful conversation. It's <laughs> a black to talking to my black son, young mm-hmm. adult, talking about, yeah, we could just go buy this business and we could do it with no money out of pocket. That, that's a powerful conversation and that's how we could change our community, making sure that the, the youth know about this method as well or just know about the th- things like what you guys are doing with your business, right? So how are you... This is my final question to you. How are you giving back to our community? What method? Obviously, you're teaching, but is there anything else that you do from a philanthropic perspective in terms of giving back?
1: You know, we have tithes as well that we give our tithes monthly uh, to our church, and then also usually. Now we wasn't when even doing soon, that.
2: We were trying to get out of debt. I know that sounds crazy, but it's no, like, all right, do that, God man. don't. This God's money's anyway. Like we mm-hmm. we wouldn't have it if he didn't give it to us. So we've been tied even before we were trying to get out of debt.
1: That and then generally with like family and friends, usually when things come up and you know situations have happened and we're able to give without a problem but that is something as well that we're like how do we give back our time maybe not just financially how do we give yeah. back our time which he actually hit somebody up today about that to be around the youth to be around other people outside of just us giving back you know on social media and students and stuff like that and so. then dallas just
2: had a snowstorm what was it, a year ago whatever yeah and remember that when everything we- froze
0: Everything froze, pipes froze. There was this
2: complex. They had to evacuate the whole complex. We got together with some people on social media. We coordinated the efforts to kind of get a bunch of groceries and food and supplies over there. Literally was on the ground, you know, giving that stuff out to them. So having having more financial freedom allows us to help people and give back time and some of the financials that we received as well. So
0: having both of them. Awesome. And I, I'd love to encourage and ask you guys to continue, not just being an example, but share it with the youth, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm telling you, you don't realize how amazing y'all are. And mm-hmm. I think if you tell the, you know, show the youth this more, let them see that, hey, you know, we came in and did this middleman thing. And, you know, we, we, we took certain steps that, you know, we had to know when to pull back so we don't try to scale too fast. They'll, your story is powerful. And if I learned this when I was seventeen, man. <laughs> <laughs> right,
2: right, <So>. I know. <laughs> you be <need to laughs> the table by
0: yourself. for <laughs> real, you know. So, I don't so. need nobody
2: else. I got this.
0: <laughs> well, but for real though, I'm I'm extremely you know honored to have you guys on the the show. I'm extremely honored to know y'all now. I love your story. Uh, I hope to. I'm looking forward to us continuing to build in many ways. I'm looking forward to sharing this story. Uh, to others as well and I'm also looking forward to giving you those two business deals to see if y'all oh, go with yeah. it or not. <laughs> now going to look into that. Absolutely. For <laughs> sure. Now, now, I'm giving it to you. It's your gift, but if you do want me to help you, I got to charge you for that. For me to help Oh, you yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you
0: <laughs> For real. So tell the people where they can find you, where's the best place to get in touch with you, and also join your um, community so they can learn how to scale a cleaning business as well. So
1: in regards to the cleaning business, you you can go to com, and that's where we have our course and just additional information about who we are and what the course is about but we also have a podcast the heart dog hustle podcast uh where you can find on youtube and any of your streaming platforms but also the heartramony is our name on instagram tiktok youtube and that's the well, it's been it's been there actually. The H yeah. A R T R I M O N Y and you can follow us as well. So those are the multiple places you can
2: plug in with us. And when you follow us or you subscribe, let us know where you found us at. Let us know like oh, I'm I'm from Beezish tribe. So mm-hmm. so we can say what up and just know, you
0: know, where you guys are coming from. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So we'll have all that information down in the description below so that you guys can also tap in with the heart songs, the heartrimony. How did y'all come up with that name? The heart <laughs> well, it, it's a hashtag from
1: our wedding that has become our brand and our business now. It's March, March, Matrimony, and our last and name combined together.
2: So, I yeah. matrimony. Matrimony. we turned our wedding hashtag into a business, and that was like the first, yeah, li-
0: literally, we got a bank account for it and business funds and mm-hmm. everything. Okay. Listen, and I mean, I'm going to say this to Janoka too, but the aunt, I'm telling you, bro, ain't nothing like having a, an amazing partner when you're getting into entrepreneurship and going through this game. And, you know, not only are y'all working together and, and, and married and friends and I could see the energy and everything, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. But being, you know. Level headed and you know, taking that approach together. And I, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm gonna assume you know, because the brains of the operations, bro. I'm gonna say, you <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, it's funny
1: because he always says if he was single, he would either be very broke or very rich <laughs> because he's that extreme with things, and very I'm just true. like. Let's
0: let's bring it in. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Well, you two are awesome. Thank you so much for being on Entrepreneurship Exposed. I'm looking forward to the day that I'm on y'all podcast to you know, yes. get me up on time. <laughs> me in Miami Austin, <laughs> so you, I don't know if you're in Miami or but yeah. yeah. in Miami. Yeah. Yo, come we'll on down, the down there <laughs> we, we just closed on a nightclub right now so that, oh, that's gonna the, that, the nightclub then do <laughs> it come on to it that's what I was telling you about the stress I was having earlier because it was going through some Congratulations, over thank you thank you very much I never. that is not the ac- type of acquisition I would tell p- people to do though because it violates my rules the nightclub re- actually requires me to be a little bit more involved mm. and I don't drink I don't club like that. So, for me, it's like a chore. Now I got to get up every now and then. I got op- people operating it for me, right. but it's not my typical turnkey, uh, essential, boring business that I have nothing to do with and I'm just getting revenue from. So, right. But hey. But it's fun. It's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, thank you again, both of you, for coming on. Everybody in here make sure that you like subscribe to this channel make sure that you do not miss anything because you will miss conversations like this you'll miss episodes like this if you don't have those notifications turned on make sure you're not only subscribed on YouTube but you're su- subscribed on all podcast streaming platforms and make sure you tap in with my people the heart Sogs. see y'all on the next episode let's go thank you so much heart Sogs, for all being right, on thank our you show, our thank sides. you Hey.